Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Retrospection. In each podcast we plunge headfirst into an old movie or a TV show and see if we surface with a smile on our face or would we rather drown? I think we might drown. <laughs> My name's Colin and I'm in New York. And I'm Paul and I'm in Reading. See, I'm not, not doing anything. not doing it this time. I thought you would. You thought I would. I'm, see, I like to play with your expectations. That's why I didn't do anything myself. Yes, I know. In this episode, we take a look at Street Talk from 1985, a TV series that ran for 13 episodes. It was originally a mid-season replacement for a failing show. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> what show was it? Just out of curiosity. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't It's not surprising, is it? <laughs> no, not really. So to tell people what the show's about i'm going to read out the dialogue that's usually given over each episode oh this voiceover is hasn't it got a weird pronunciation on some of the words oh yeah absolutely it's it, and it's it's we thought that the voiceover on the start of night rider was terrible this is 100 times worse yeah so this is jesse mack an ex-motorcycle cop injured in the line of duty now a police troubleshooter He's been recruited for a top-secret government mission to ride Street Talk. That's how he does it, right? I was, I was, gonna, I was hoping you were going to do the voice, but that's good enough. Yeah. That's what he does for some <laughs> that reason. That is what he does. And then he does it on another word, too. Yeah. An all-terrain mm-hmm. attack motorcycle designed to fight urban crime capable of incredible speeds, up to 300 miles an hour, and immense firepower. Only one man, Federal Agent Norman Tottle, knows Jesse Mack's true identity, the man. The machine, street talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's very well, very well delivered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're very intense. But it's a very strange voiceover. It is. It's um. He almost I, sounds sarcastic when he does it. Well, he's probably seen the episodes. Maybe before he, before he had to do it, he thought the only way I can do this is if I take the piss out of it. So. <laughs> this is Jesse Mark, an ex-motorcycle cop injured in the line of duty. Now a police troubleshooter, he's been recruited for a top-secret government mission to ride Street Hawk, an all-terrain attack motorcycle designed to fight urban crime, capable of incredible speeds up to 300 miles an hour and immense firepower. Only one man, federal agent Norman Tuttle, knows Jesse Mark's true identity. The man, the machine, Street Hawk. Street Hawk stars Rex Smith as Jesse Mack, Joe Regalbuto as Norman Tuttle, Richard Venture as Lieutenant Commander Leo Altabelli, Jane Modine as Sandy McCoy, but only in the pilot, and Jeannie Wilson as Rachel Adams for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rex is... Uh... He makes some very uh, interesting acting choices during these uh, during these episodes, doesn't he? Well, he makes one choice, and it seems to be, I'm just going to stand there with the same look on my face. He makes choices. I'm not necessarily sure they're acting. <laughs> I think I think the, the the choices are whether to read the thing off the card or whether to read it off the wall or read it off the, the little piece of sticky thing that they've stuck on the prop that he's holding. <laughs> <laughs> he was a singer originally. And dancer. He was. He was a teen teen heartthrob in the 70s, right. wasn't he? Yeah. He has a uh, petition out from last year trying to bring Street Hawk back. Has he got many signatures? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> You've not signed it, have you? At multiple times. Oh. <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, underneath the multiple signatures that he's done yes. as well. <laughs> and his mum. <laughs> no, she's not done any. Yeah. 
So the bike itself was designed by Andrew Probert, who worked on the design of the Enterprise Refit for the motion picture, also Enterprise D for Next Generation, Airwolf, and Battlestar Galactica. But you can't win them all, can you? A lot of the writers are from Airwolf and Knight Rider as well. Yeah. This is called a hardware show. Knight Rider, Street Arc, Airwolf, Blue Thunder are called hardware shows, apparently, back in the day. Arguably, they do it slightly better. You could argue that, I guess. <laughs> is that what we're going to do? We're going to argue about it. Are we? <laughs> oh, uh, the music. The music is by Tangerine Dream. Yes, I was quite shocked at that, actually. You were? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've done some pretty good music. Yeah, the only reason they did the music for this was because there was a musician strike in the US. So the producers went to right. Germany to try and find someone to do it and they found Tangerine Dream who agreed. Um, but it actually gives it a distinct sound that's different from the other shows at that time. It does, uh, particularly the opening scene of the pilot. I thought the music was very much um, reminded me a lot of things like Escape from New York. You know, that kind of industrial John Carpenter feel that some of his movies Yeah, have. yeah. And the show benefits yeah. vastly from the music. <laughs> it's got to be something. Yeah. Although they do some odd like <laughs> use of popular i guess 60s 70s music and a lot of there's a lot of montages with yes there's a lot of montages yeah so let's get into the pilot then so we begin la cityscape armored mm. truck driving through the streets is tailed mm -hmm. by a black armored truck motorbikes ride out of the back of the black truck they move up close behind the police truck fix explosives on its back doors and then shoot out the tires and the van explodes yeah these riders aren't particularly uh, camouflaged are they they're... no they're, they're not wearing uh, city colors no, no, they're br no bright orange and yellow yeah yeah they kind of they kind of don't they, they, they stand out a little bit <laughs> although there doesn't touch. seem to be anyone else in these streets there's no other cars anywhere or pedestrians or anybody really there's there's never anybody in the streets at any point in any of these episodes, <laughs> especially when Street Talk uses its hyperfrost. Yeah, it's lucky that, isn't it? That there's nobody yeah. around. <laughs> so the motorcyclists grab 50 pounds of cocaine from the police van. Mm -hmm. Although it looks like they don't actually grab anything when they run back to the bikes. No, they, 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 they're, um, they magically appear in, in, with them later, doesn't it? Yeah, so the police finally arrive and a chase takes place with LAPD driving through crates and boxes. There's lots of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to aim for every single lettuce. They don't. They do. They don't attempt to avoid any of them. Who, who who's ordered all this lettuce? <laughs> <laughs> is that why? Is that why? Did they have a big lettuce drought in the eighties or something that someone was hoarding it? Hey, well, don't don't you have problems with lettuces in the UK now? Uh, it you know you've got to know where to look, really. Is it like gold dust, right? I hear you're yeah. all trading them on the black market. You do. You, you you've got to find uh, find the right guy in the shady trench coat. You know. So, so you must have cried when you saw all those lettuces being spewed across the streets. I did because I eat lots of lettuce, as as you know. Yeah, I just realised who I was talking to. <laughs> they put lettuce on burgers, don't they? If it had been beer bottles. <laughs> I had have switched it off. <laughs> <laughs> so the police chase the motorcyclist into a storm drain and then they vanish. They don't they don't know where they've gone to. Oh, like a fine mist. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the police have cordoned off the area. Journalists are hassling Sandy McCoy and she's the police PR person. And she looks about twelve years old. She does and she's awful. 
<laughs> yeah, she's an appalling actress. I can see why they got rid of her. Mm. In a in a in a cast of of um, particularly bad actors, she kind of stands out. Right. You don't know where to look when she's in scenes with uh, Rick Smith, do you? You don't know. You just don't know where to look. <laughs> the background. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they're looking at. That's where that's where that's where people are hanging up their their lines on big boards. I think. <laughs> I don't think they were reading the lines off cards. The oh, professionals. Come on. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's got to remember his songs when he's singing. So why can't he remember lines when he's acting? How do you know he remembers the the words to his songs? Because people go to see him sing. He could have. You know, um, wow. teleprompters, what, what teleprompters and things. Uh, you know, at the bottom of the stage. I've seen people do that before. You're besmirching Rex Smith's capabilities as a singer. I'm only saying it's a possibility. I'm not. You know, I, I don't want any lawsuits if he if he's listening to this. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard he listens. <laughs> okay. Uh, Commander Alter Belly wants to know how two motorcycles can just vanish. Um, he's really annoyed by all the journalists. And he takes he's a very angry the... commander, isn't he? He's a very traditional commander. Mm-hmm. He's always angry. Yeah. And he takes off in his helicopter and he wants to know where are all the other black and white units? Where are all the cop cars? <laughs> and uh, there's a good reason for this because they're all uh, having bets on uh, uh, a hero, aren't they? They are in a junkyard. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they're betting to see how many police cars he can jump. It's called the first annual Herber jump. And bets have been taken by Jesse's partner, Marty Walsh, played by Robert Beltran, who would later go on play Chakotay in Star Trek Voyager. No, no, he famously hated Voyager, didn't he? He felt it was slightly beneath him. How do you think he feels about this? Um, my guess is his first job and he couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. And they make but, a big deal about this jump, don't they? But in truth, he jumps, what, three cars? Oh, four at least. Four at least. Oh, wow, sorry. And, <laughs> but, but he says to him, like, oh, that was a close one. But when you look at the jump, it isn't close at all. No, not at all. In fact, it doesn't... I mean, you could do it. Uh, without a bike. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Just run really hard up the ramp. I think as long as you had a good run-up, you'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a go. As long as it's for Matchbox police cars <laughs> yeah no no one specified on that they had to be full-sized no uh, they didn't no no yeah mm-hmm. uh, so alta belly hears the odds of their bets going over the radio and orders a detour to the place the jump is taking place mm-hmm. um meanwhile somebody unseen by the cops is actually filming the stunts he is yeah, yeah. and he's uh, he's a bit shady isn't he yes so jesse comes out on his motorbike wearing a red cape and a stars and Stripes helmet, and he looks like Super Grover. <laughs> I thought that, yeah. He does, doesn't he? He does a bit, yeah. He's he even does. wearing the blue LAPD uniform. True, yeah. true. Yeah, he's got it on underneath. But yeah. Jesse makes the jump. Mm-hmm. belly lands, and before the cops pay out, they all have to try and get out the junkyard as fast as possible. Yep. And the commander's drinking... Um... He's got a bad stomach, hasn't he? He's drinking Pepto-Bismol, isn't <laughs> Yeah, that's a... a, a gag that starts off at the beginning of the pilot but is never mentioned again anywhere in the pilot is it <laughs> and I, I don't remember seeing it in any of the episodes either so i guess they gave up with that they probably gave up yeah, yeah. i would have thought so back at the office alta belly is uh gonna suspend martin jesse for two weeks for this little stunt mm-hmm. 
And then we cut to a secret location with the guy videoing Jesse now talking to someone from the government. And we now know that this guy is Norman Tuttle. Yep. He's the computer genius who's created Operation Street Hawk. The only thing that this guy's missing at this point is a wheelchair. Yeah. Because, you know, there was always a tech guy and they usually were in a wheelchair, weren't they? They were. What was, is it War of the Worlds had a tech guy in a wheelchair? War of the Worlds had one in a wheelchair. Okay. Uh, I think there was a couple of other ones as well. I just remember lots of wheelchairs going on. Right. You know, but uh, so he's, he's, they're, they're already, you know, bucking the trend in the show. You know, he's, he's got That's legs right. at work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Now, Norman um, doesn't want Jesse to be involved, mm-hmm. but this other guy does because he says, we want a cop with a test pilot mentality. That's right. And he says that Jesse has the right stuff, doesn't yeah, he? Right, he does. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't hammer the point home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not sure what stuff he's talking about, but he's got it. He's got yeah. it. So yeah. at a track, dirt track, Jesse and Marty are trying out the dirt bikes. Marty bets Jesse can't beat him on the track. Mm-hmm. And he's right, because Jesse's bike won't even start. That's right, yeah. Until he meets uh, Norman, doesn't he? He does, yeah. But mm-hmm. while he's trying to fix the bike, a cargo plane lands somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the black truck from earlier is waiting for him. And there's a big-time drug dealer, Anthony Corrido, played by Christopher Lloyd. It was bizarre when he when he got off that plane. And he's got this look on his face is, uh, that just speaks volumes, doesn't it? It says, I'm just taking the money. <laughs> That's all I'm here for. <laughs> but he's still the best, the best actor in the show. <laughs> oh, I think um, the guy playing Norman Tuttle is okay. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He's okay. Yeah, he's he's not too bad. But yeah. then again, if you put anybody next to Rex Smith, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> come really, out good. You've really they? got it in for Rex Smith. <laughs> not since Michael Parr in uh, Streets of Fire have I seen someone as bad as this. I have to say. Wow, yeah. you're gonna do your top five worst actors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. I <laughs> <laughs> well, you have two. I've got two so far. Yeah. I'm sure the, the kind of movies we keep watching and things, they'll, they'll, it'll mount up, don't worry. Right. So Norman offers to help Jesse fix his bike, but Jesse's not listening. And then Norman tells him about Operation Street Arc, but Jesse's still not interested, does never mm-hmm. trust the Fed, he says, because you never know what side they're on. And he rides away after Marty to do his, you know, thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what is it that they're actually doing? Marty's picked this um, trail and they're having a race. Right, okay. Just for shits and giggles. But he gets a good, what, half an hour head start on him? Oh, yeah. I mean, that wasn't planned, but yeah, he does. I mean, it's a waste of time even trying to catch up with him. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't carry it on uh, on his friend bumping into a bunch of drug dealers, did he? I know. He should have seen it. As soon as he saw Marty's dead body, he should have gone, yes, I'm going to win this race and just carried on. <laughs> Is that what you would have done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long, Marty. <laughs> Remind me never to get into any dirt bike racing with you. Right, right. Do you think yeah. uh, Anthony Carrido, Christopher Lloyd, was confused by the fact that one of the characters was called Marty? <laughs> was this? This would have been after the first one, wouldn't it? Would have been after the first. Well, Back, to the the, Back to the Future was 1985, and this, and this is 1985. Oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe hadn't done it yet, maybe. Could have just used the same script. He's like, maybe, maybe he kept accidentally calling the character Marty and they just thought, well, let's just keep it. It's just easier. He does look confused, I have to say. Aren't we all? Yeah, I was at this point. 
<laughs> so Cosmati has been killed by Anthony Corrido. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse finds the body, and just as he's about to find the body, the black truck <laughs> rams into him. And he shouts, No! Oh. That was better than him, wasn't it? I delivered that better than he did. <laughs> and Jesse is lifted to hospital. He is. He is. Well, not it, it, when they're wheeling him down this corridor in this hospital, he looks, <laughs> per- he looks perfectly fine. He doesn't. Not he's only just been that, hit by a dirty great truck. But did they not use his head to open the doors? I think they do. Yeah, I think they go. They go bang straight through the double doors. Because <laughs> I hear the voice, and he's, he's there going. Someone else get the door. Someone get nobody does. It just goes bang. At this point, I thought, is this is this a spoof? Is this by the Zucker Brothers or something? <laughs> <laughs> is this Carry On Doctor? Are we doing one I of wish, these again? I wish it was Carry On Doctor. <laughs> so when we next see Jesse, he has a cane and a limp. Nothing else wrong with him. No scratches. No bruises. He's just got a cane and a limp. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's in Altabelli's office and finds out that IA has taken the case of Marty's death because people think Marty may have been involved. Jesse is furious. This is his friend. Of course, Marty wasn't involved with this. But Jesse has been moved to public relations because that's what you do when a motorcycle cop gets his knee messed up. You give him a job that needs an English degree. Absolutely. And, and I mean, he's going he's gonna to be a whiz at this job because he's so charismatic that, you know, he's right. he's going he's gonna, to... He's gonna, he's gonna, Great at public relations, isn't he? And he's an yeah. excellent writer. He is. He is. <laughs> so, not a problem at all. And he can jump cars. I think always vitally important for getting it attention is. for the police department. It is. He's got the right stuff, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. Whatever that stuff mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll figure it out. He meets Sandy, and she explains his role. And as they're walking, they meet Commissioner Miller. And Jesse is very sarcastic with him. This guy just needs tattoo on his forehead that says slime ball doesn't it well the music tells you that as well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they don't waste any time no, no then at night we see jesse leaving a grocery store and he watches two motorcycle cops speeding away and he's like oh i used to be one of them and it's a sad <laughs> despondent moment were you crying at this point yes i was crying uh here we go <laughs> 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 He pulls into his garage, and Norman is waiting for him. He still mm-hmm. wants Jesse for Operation Street Talk, even though this guy can't ride a bike. Now, True. this is the yeah. thing that happens with Blue Thunder as well, right? It You've is, got a yeah. multi-billion dollar secret operation, and in Blue Thunder, you choose a guy who's on the edge of a nervous breakdown as your <laughs> test pilot, and here, you choose the only motorcycle cop who can't ride a motorcycle, to be the test driver of your motorcycle. Uh, but in all fairness, though, he, what re- what what uh, Jesse doesn't know is that um, Norman's got a plan, hasn't he? He can he can he can do experimental surgery on him. That's right. They have access to a new prosthesis that can repair mm-hmm. the damage. But not until um, he's not going to he's not going to sign any papers or agree to anything until he's shown him all these trophies first. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I just say you didn't come here to look at my trophies, but just look at this one over here. Yeah. No, no, yeah. And this one. Mm-hmm. And then there's one over there, by the way, you just missed totally. And he says, ask, ask me what they're for. No, ask me what they're for. <laughs> <laughs> Are they for riding a motorcycle? No, they're for English. I'm a writer. He's <laughs> a writer. <laughs> they're my yeah. journalist awards. You didn't know? <laughs> 
Silly, silly Norman. Yeah, silly Norman. <laughs> so they repair Jesse's leg. Oh, uh, do they repair his leg at this point? I guess they don't, right? Sorry. They take he takes Jesse to a downtown warehouse with a secret entrance, and it's the Street Hawk Command Center. And he reveals Street Hawk mm-hmm. like a speedboat is revealed on Bullseye. It does. It comes out of the wall, doesn't it? Amid smoke. <laughs> yeah, and it's all just, lights it just needs a, an applause track over the top of it, doesn't it? <laughs> and Norman turns to Jesse and goes, Oh, look what you could have won. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Nothing for two in a pair. <laughs> Whatever it was. I can't remember the phrase. <laughs> and there's so many American people listening to this going, What? <laughs> We should That's do an American. We'll do an American version with the Price Is Right jokes, <laughs> <laughs> just dubbed over. We're tailoring it now, are we? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. Of course, now Jesse's seen the motorcycle. He agrees, mm-hmm. and he goes under surgery to fix his leg. And while we've seen a montage of him in surgery, we get a voiceover of Jesse distractedly signing paperwork that he doesn't read. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't. And then we go into an exercise montage. We we do, and it's a. Very... He tells him when he goes into this exercise room that this has got everything he needs to build up his leg muscles. Uh, everything he needs seems to consist of one running machine and a few weights and a mat to do sit-ups on. <laughs> yeah. Do you get the feeling the money was spent on the command centre and not the exercise room? Possibly. I mean, all those big tellies at the time in the 80s must have cost a fur yeah. per packet, really, wasn't they? You know? I mean, they're, they're big TVs. They are, they are, yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. So his moonlighting, though, has started to be noticed at work because he's supposed to keep his cover in the PR department of the police HQ, but never actually seems to turn up for anything. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't. He doesn't go there at all. No. Meanwhile, Jesse is concerned that the investigation into his partner's death isn't happening. And then we get the description of Street Talk. Norman shows <laughs> Jesse what Street Talk can do. So the motorcycle has a 200 miles per hour cruising speed, mm-hmm. 300 miles per hour with a hyperfrost. Yep. Hyperfrost. Which is a computer. Yeah, hyperfrost, which is a computer <laughs> assisted system. Yes. Yes. It's it's not anything. It's not anything else. If you were thinking it might be something, you know. No. It stops <laughs> on a dime thanks to earth files that use negative airflow. <laughs> and I, I'm sensing some of that from you for this show. <laughs> Am I playing my cards too early? I'm sorry. Just a little. (laughs) It has a compressed uh, vertical lift system. Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like like the person in the car showroom. He's got a vertical lift system. Oh, that's great. (laughs) You keep calling it a bike, though. It's not a bike. It's a motorcycle. No, no. It's an all-terrain pursuit vehicle, apparently. It's a bike. (laughs) Not even a very nice one, is it, really? No, not really. No. <laughs> Jesse asks what would happen if he engages the earth foils and the vertical lift system at the same time. Norman replies that you should never, ever do that because you'll end up doing a mid-air backflip and it'll kill you. So never do it, even when it's important to the plot. Just don't do it, ever. It'll never come up again, so don't even mention it. <laughs> How funny would it be if he didn't? Yeah, <laughs> right. He <laughs> <laughs> just got killed. <laughs> And Jesse climbs on the bike, but it has an ejector seat, which fires him off into the air. What is the point of an ejector seat on a bike? So it can't be stolen. (laughs) Although you'd think the fact that they can't turn it on without Norman actually turning it on at the command centre would 
be a deterrent. This is true. And isn't the ejector seat, it's not actually the seat that flips, is it? Isn't there like a, like a rod that comes out of the seat and flips him over in the air? I don't even really see it. I think you just see him jump up in the air. <laughs> I'm sure there's yeah. a rod that comes up. Maybe, maybe, maybe there is no ejector seat. And Norman's was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, that ejector seat. There's no ejector seat. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. back on. <laughs> so Operation Street Talk still has to be kept secret because not everybody would be happy with a motorcycle that travels at 300 miles per an hour and has machine guns and a laser. Yeah. And Jesse still has to pretend that his leg is still injured. And he's like, well, how long for? And, there, and Norman says, as long as it takes. Jesse says, hey, I didn't sign up for life. But Norman tells him, oh, you did. Although, no, he didn't, apparently. He turned, he signed up for 13 episodes. I wrote the same thing. You did? <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to think of a, a, um, create a gap where I could work it in, but you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep talking. <laughs> I literally wrote it down word for word that you, the way that you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so <laughs> Jesse goes to the police lockup to look for Marty's bike, but it doesn't appear on the police computer. Suspicious, he breaks in to try and find it, and he takes a scraping off the bike, which he then takes to the police lab to a guy called Bernie. No, I wasn't too sure when it, when he was scraping this bike. I was like, what's he scraping off? Yeah. Is he scraping dirt, dirt off? Because they don't really explain it until later, do they? No, not till the Bernie goes, oh, paint flex. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, thanks, Bernie. Yeah. That's what he's there for. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jesse gets a telling off for slacking off at work. Mm-hmm. He tells Sandy it's personal and that he's working on getting proof that somebody's covering up his partner's death. And he's very snarky back at her. He says, you used to be a reporter. Does the truth not matter to you anymore? Have you just got too good at covering it up? It's great dialogue, isn't it? And she's like, well, there's no need for that. <laughs> He is a bit angry. Yeah, considering he's not doing his job. I mean, she's she, she's got to be back at school by at least twelve, hasn't she? So I mean, <laughs> but from her point of view, she's just got this new guy working for her who never turns up for work. This is true. Yeah, yeah. So then we see a car pull up in a mansion, and Anthony Carido is swimming with a group of women. What Christopher Lloyd does here with, um, with this woman, <laughs> it did make me laugh. <laughs> So he wants a new deal set up, and we discover that Commissioner Miller is crooked. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, and he's helping Carido with the drug deals. Mm-hmm. And Carido asks Miller about Jesse. Miller says Jesse's nosing around, but it's not a big deal. When Miller leaves, Carido tells one of his goons to kill Jesse. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, okay. He doesn't say, wait, who's Jesse? So this guy <laughs> knows everything that's going on. Clearly filled him in earlier, you see. You've got to read between the lines. If you don't read between the lines, you're going to get lost in, you know, it's a complex plot. I should have gone, I want you to kill Jesse. And you're like, ah, Jesse who? Jesse Mack. Who? The the cop that we saw. Wait, are you not getting the memos? <laughs> Can we just say as well, Jesse Mack? Really? Unless unless you're Christopher Lloyd and then it's Jesse Mack. <laughs> I think he just thought I'm not saying that. I'm I'm not saying I'm sorry, but I'm not I'm not agreeing to call a character Jesse Mack. It's who rides Je- who rides a motorbike. <laughs> it's called Jesse Mack because he's always at Mac One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's always at McDonald's. 
<laughs> Can you cut the burgers out, please? You know, this, the suspension on this bike is it's not built for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Back of Street Arc, HQ, Narman says, this is your nerve centre, and hands Jesse a plastic helmet. <laughs> this helmet, this helmet, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so high-tech, isn't it? Yeah, it gives you uh, uh, speed, and you can zoom in and target the mm-hmm. weapons with it. It uh, gives mm-hmm. a heads-up display inside, and it's automatically recorded, and no one can see it on his monitors. Yep. Now, when he when he flips the the the, the face plate up and down, he presses a button on the side of the helmet, doesn't he? Yeah. You can hear. They don't dub it over, so you can hear how plastic it actually is when it slides up and down. It just literally sounds like a piece of plastic. It sounds like a toy. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's um he gets to stand in a big soap sud bath doesn't he right because they have to do a body farm for the high-tech suit that he's going to be wearing why does it have to be made like this um to stop to to um, go on i'm listening <laughs> this will be to, good <laughs> to diminish drag because the bike is streamlined so you'd ruin the drag resistance by having him sitting on it so now the suit stops the drag how it, the novelization does not go into details <laughs> <laughs> that's it for as much as it says it's like the show really isn't it yeah yeah Good. and while jesse's in this bubble bath mm-hmm. Norman explains the weapons on street arc he does which which in the in the pilot he's only got one hasn't he yeah, they switch and change depending on the episode you're watching. Mm. He's just got a laser that comes out the front of the bike. Yeah, and then he gets missiles, and then he gets machine guns. Yes, because they, they realise, you know, we can't afford this laser effect every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Plus, it's a little puny. It is, a bit, and it seems to be able to shoot at whatever angle it's not pointing in. Yes, that's true. You know, because yeah. it, it literally only, it doesn't move, does it? It just points outwards, but it seems to be able to shoot up, down, left, right, you know? Right. It's a laser. They can do anything. Is that right? See, I'm edu- you're educating me on all this high tech uh, knowledge. Uh, that I do. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're explaining it to me. Because I mean, I was sitting here watching this, thinking it's just all a load of bollocks. But obviously, you're. Uh, oh no, 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 you know, no, no, no! They fought long and hard about this. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. <laughs> After Jesse heads back to his apartment, some the motorcyclist in his day glow colours <laughs> tries to shoot him. But Jesse avoids him and then hits the guy with the cane, but the guy just rides off. I wrote for this, and I'm reading it back to me now, and it's far more, it's, it's entertaining me more than the actual show was. I wrote, Jesse is attacked, but he beats him off. Okay. I've got to do something. <laughs> At this point. Commissioner Miller confronts Carido. He was supposed to take her and Mac. No more murders. He's out. But Carido's goons grab him force his face onto the hood of his own car, and then while Credo is scratching the hood of Miller's car next to his face, he threatens him. And Christopher Lloyd's properly... Um, he's actually quite disturbing, isn't he, in this scene, I think. He's got crazy eyes. Yeah, he's pretty good as a as a tough guy. It's yeah. surprising he didn't do it more often. Because he's also yeah. got size with him as well, because he's a big mm-hmm. guy. Mm. It's understandable why he ended up playing a Klingon, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. He's got the, he's got the heft and the, the eyes and... And doesn't need prosthetics. Doesn't need prosthetics. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does. In case he's listening. <laughs> Jesse is tired. We're pissing everyone off here. So. All right. Jesse is tired now, but Norman tells him about this string of robberies in which police fans of drug loads are being ripped off by motorcyclists. 
Mm-hmm. It's perfect for street arc. It is. But Jesse suggests a shakedown run through before they go after them. Mm-hmm. And the bike, with the music playing, leaps through. It's a sign that separates the wall. And then Series 1 appears to be a number of slow motion driving back and forth <laughs> on the ground for a bit. A few slow motion wheelies. And mm-hmm. Series 2 test is Hyperfrost, the computer assist. So how does this work? Go on, explain it to me. I'm asking you, how does this work? The bike's uh, going at 300 miles per hour. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. just be blown off the bike? Well, yeah, because you would think that he'd at least have to be strapped onto it, wouldn't he? Well, I think he's glued onto the bike. I think that's what that suit does. And I think why the music is so loud is to cover up the sound of Jesse just screaming constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Because he can't get off. He's glued to it. And did you ever notice how many times in the episode he'd be getting out of the shower? (laughs) It's because he's shitting himself so much, he's just covered in feces from the waist downwards. And in that suit, it's not going anywhere, is it? Exactly. Uh. So he needs to take a shower when he gets back. <laughs> you think when uh, Norman says, oh, we're going to use the hyperthrust, he's going, no, please, no. no. don't, don't, don't. And then the glue comes out, and he's like, I can't get off. <laughs> but it, but it's just speeded up shots, and there's never any other traffic. No, no, no. And he seems to be able to like do complete 90-degree angle turns, doesn't he? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's and Tron. I, it's Tron, isn't it? It is Tron. Mm-hmm. And you just think, this is 1985. You can just imagine the bike. bike's going 300 miles per hour mm-hmm. around the streets. And then you hear Norman go, oh. And Jesse's like, what's up, Norman? He's like, um, syntax error. <laughs> I think computers go crashed. And then Jesse just 300 miles into a wall. <laughs> I'm going to have to turn it on and off again. Give yeah. me a second. Yeah. Hold on. My, mo- my modem only goes at 14.4. <laughs> it's, draw- it's drawing a picture in oh, pixels. Computer gags. Only yeah. certain people will get that. <laughs> Everyone will get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it looks good. It does look good. I did like the Hyperfrost. Right. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I don't know why they can't put other traffic on. Well, if you think about it, really, it's supposed to be computer-controlled. Yeah. What's what's it controlling? The bike. Right. But how does it know to weave in and out of traffic? Well, that's that's the problem. It doesn't because we didn't have GPS and Google Maps and Street Views and all that stuff then. So it hasn't (laughs) got a clue. So, but... We know that, but there's no need for them to try and hide it by removing all the traffic. They might as well just put traffic in and pretend that it can do it. Yeah, because, I mean, you could just drive the bike around the traffic at normal speed because you're only going to speed it up anyway when you do the hyperfast. Yeah, they didn't really go at 300 miles per hour. You know that, right? Don't spoil it for me. Okay. (laughs) But it was so realistic. I thought you're telling me it's not real. Disappointing, I know. Next, Next, you'll be telling me that Erwolf wasn't real. Or that Kit, or that Kit can't really talk. Oh, when no, I, that's fine. Truth, truth, truth be told, when I sat in Kit, didn't say anything. I tried. Yeah, well, I don't like speaking to you. Why would Kit? Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but your your explanation of the hyperthrust, I would have been more than happy for that to actually just be in the episode. Shit and all, that would have. <laughs> it would have been. It would have. I just, just conceivably getting out going, <laughs> just walking towards the shower. No, the bubble bath. <laughs> That's what it is. That's not a body mold system at all. It's just cleaning them off. 
Oh, what a horrible thought. Yeah. <laughs> how many suit? How many of those um, suits did he go through? Do you reckon? Um, well, Literally go work, through. <laughs> well, he he could wear one of them inside out, so he could get two uses out of one. Yeah, but then he'd have. Yeah, 300 miles per hour, it would blow off. <laughs> I think he was going. I think he was going so fast that he was the one blowing off. <laughs> but and I also like when he's riding the bike, I, and I assume it's not Rex Smith most of the time. It's the oh, guy. I think we could assume it's not Rex Smith. <laughs> Unless, oh well, if you talk to Rex Smith, it's him. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. But um, the guy's like hunched over. It looks very uncomfortable. That's because he's clinging on for dear life. Because <laughs> he's glued to the bike. He's glued to the bike. Yeah. Oh, and I'm glad we solved that problem. Oh, yeah. Now, during these test sequences, the bike starts to overheat and Jesse heads back to base. But he discovers a grocery store robbery. Mm-hmm. And against Norman's advice, he intervenes. He fires a laser at the getaway vehicle, destroying its engine, and then jumps over a squad car in an escape. Using his vert- vertical yeah. That's right, yeah. 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 It's not, not the ram that someone's placed. In no, front can of imagine it. if he pressed the wrong button and the bike stayed there and he just flew over the car. <laughs> He's ejector seat. I hit the ejector seat. He's just flying off a squad car. He, he has to run back. Tri- run, accidentally run back triggered the... hyperthrust. Went straight, <laughs> straight into straight <laughs> Ah, he can't trigger hyperthrust. Norman has to do it. This, yes, of course, silly me. Yes. Yeah. God, you're just making fun of this show and you just don't get the logic of it i don't i don't i don't i mean i should really go back and watch it again really now i've got all this insight you I should, mean, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not going to <laughs> that's not gonna happen so the next day at a pr conference they're announcing the capture of those robberies at the grocery store and the journalists are all focused on the masked man on the bike who stopped the robbery meanwhile also bernie has the results of the lab the paint flakes are an expensive custom job this is so dull isn't it? <laughs> it's dull. <laughs> it's like, can we, can we see the bike again? I had to wait 20 minutes to see the bike to begin with. <laughs> right, because they have a montage of, because um, he enlists Sandy's help, and then we've got a montage of them both going to different paint shops, and then yeah. people just shaking their heads. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, do you, do you remember those scenes in Stesky and Hutch where they were looking for a girl or something? Yeah. And they would go visit these places, and you just get these people going, hmm shaking their heads it's the same thing right how are people supposed to recognize paint flex though <laughs> you'd be like do you recognize this no how am i supposed to recognize those it's just paint flex no, no, most people probably um wouldn't even know what they're actually looking at well, i mean oh. what is it <laughs> but somebody does yes well they, yeah. she gets a lucky break doesn't she she does very mm. lucky she finds a place that actually does do those, that type of paint and is responsible for painting the big black truck that's been seen at the robberies. Mm-hmm. And also someone else's cars there at the same time. Yes, Commissioner Miller's cars there because it's having a paint job done because of scratches that Corrido did on the car. Now, I actually thought that was kind of good that the car was there because of Corrido scratching the, the hood. Well, don't they make a big deal out of the fact that he loves his car, don't they? And that was why he scratched it. Yeah, but I thought it was kind of neat. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very begrudging you. Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> what do you want me to say? We've just been talking about hyperthrust and shitting in your pants. I mean... <laughs> Help me out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Sandy's going through the Merc, Commissioner Miller turns up and pulls a gun on her. He takes a hostage. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Mac is called to Street Hawk HQ. A drug disposal is going down, and it could be raided. So Norman sends Jesse to check it out. So Q stock footage again. Yes, there's a lot of stock footage in Street Hawk. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to see him leaping out of those doors the, every the, time? <laughs> yes, the eleven-year-old me does. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, you've got a point there, and we'll talk about that in the summing up later. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he's right. Norman's right. Yes, the motorcyclists are raiding the van. Mm-hmm. Street Hawk arrives. Jesse is distracted by the black truck that he remembers knocking him down, but he gives chase to the motorcyclists. He does. And we have a big chasing of jumping over things. And You've got to say, haven't you, that this bike looks less impressive in daylight. Well, that's, I think, why a lot of the shows are actually at nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. I think the two that we watched after this are also at, mostly at nighttime. Too. Mostly, yeah, Cause, because yeah. as soon as soon as you get some sunlight on it, it, it shows it up for everything that it's not. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> and Jesse loses the motorcyclist at the same place that the police did at the beginning of the episode, but then he realizes they've entered the storm drain and he gives chase. Mm-hmm. And we get a shot from inside his helmet, and the words underneath it say infrared. It's clearly not. <laughs> Do you think that Norman told him that that all this gadget gadgetry existed and none of it was real? Yeah, you think like really? He just he just he's there going. Um, you, you're doing you're doing 150 miles per hour, and it's just Norman going, <laughs> like blowing down the microphone to make him. And Jesse's like, oh yeah, it feels really fast. It 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 looks a lot less fast than I think, but the numbers are high. This yeah, is maybe. why he's always telling him not to push the bike so hard, isn't he? Yeah, because it's just a, a dirt bike with plastic bits stuck on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he doesn't really do hyperfrost. Maybe it's just drugs. <laughs> Maybe he's pumping something into the helmet. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, you just put this on. Don't worry about the syringe. I don't know. I prefer I prefer your uh, idea that he's shitting himself. <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Brings back memories. It does, yeah. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> So they're shooting at um, Street Talk, and they shoot at him in the way that everybody in every episode oh. of Street Talk shoots him. They either shoot at the floor or the motorbike. They never shoot at him. It's total A-team, isn't it? Yeah. So he knocks one of the riders over, but when the motorcyclists come out of the drain, the police are waiting for him because Norman has phoned ahead. Mm-hmm. And Street Talk has to make an escape because he's also wanted by the police Yeah, for being a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Commissioner Miller takes Sandy to Corrido. Don't know why, but he does. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Why does he take her there? I mean, he doesn't know who she is. Right. Does he? You know, Christopher Lloyd's character doesn't know who she is, and he's really not that interested. <laughs> not really. He's just one more person for him to have to get rid of, isn't it? Because he's basically taking her there and then showing her his face. But Miller's against murder, really. So, And he's probably somebody who couldn't do it himself, so maybe he just couldn't kill her. He would give it to Corrido and... He'd do the deed. Or he'd get he'd get Jimmy to do it, the guy who knows everything that's going on. Well, he'll kill anybody, won't he? Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jesse, meanwhile, back at Street Talk HQ, makes Norman view the tapes because he wants to see the black truck. Mm-hmm. And then we get an excellent magnification of the license plate. Reminded me of uh, the, the Blade Runner thing. I thought he was going to yeah. see around the corner at one point. Yeah, but this, this is worse. This is pure 80s magnification <laughs> skills. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why, but image technology has got worse since the 80s. This is true. I mean... It was amazing in the 80s. 
we talked about this in Tango and Cash, didn't we? How they yes, we did. You can do vid vid conversations and zoom in and out, and uh, it's like you know, and pan around the room and things like yeah, that. It's like you know when the Romans left, and then you had the Dark Ages, and everyone was like, "What are these holes in the ground?" This is what we've become. We've regressed. We've forgotten mm. all this great technology that we had in the eighties. Well, it's a good thing that there's shows like Street Talk out there that can, you know, that can show the way for us, and maybe we can reclaim some of that, you know, that lost technology. It is good we have these documentaries. <laughs> now, you're, now you're just pushing it too far now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're going so well, and then you stepped over the line, and, you know. <laughs> so Jesse locks Norman in the exercise room because he wants to take Street Talk to get Corrido. Now he's got the license plate of the truck. He can trace the truck's location. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing that no one else has the license plate of this truck of all these robberies. No one's seen this truck at the robberies before. Well, all, in all fairness, all the other police are probably off um, watching someone else do a jump over four cars. Maybe know. five now. Could be five, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, they've be. seen four already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Corrido arrives home to find Miller and Sandy there. He's not happy about this. Norman managed to unlock the room and get back to his console, but Jesse has wrecked the controls. Yeah, it's, it's just irresponsible, really. Amount, I mean, the amount of money that probably cost back in those days. Yeah, about you know, threepence eightpenny. Threepence eightpenny? What the hell? Threepy bit. <laughs> Oh, Jesse arrives at Corrido's and shoots the laser at the gate, knocking it down. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Norman is trying to repair his console. <laughs> that sounded that just sounded wrong. I don't know how you could make that sound wrong. I repair my, I'm repairing my console. Oh yeah, okay, all right. Don't take too long. Don't look at me like that. So Corrido <laughs> hears that someone's entered his uh, home illegally and there's an alarm going off so he gets all his goons with his guns to attack the person and Jesse's immediately knocked off his bike and has to run away <laughs> he's uh, he's not doing well is he for uh, for someone who's got all the right stuff yeah right he seems to have lost some of his stuff he do- why doesn't he get back on the bike it's the whole <laughs> point of the show well he runs around the guard for a bit and then he does get back on his bike doesn't he it's not called street chicken street chicken well, they, I would imagine that the only reason you're tuning into this show is to see the bike in action. Yeah, right. And then he's not on the bike for most of it. No. Mm. So Jesse knocks one of the men out, but the other has to drop him until Sandy whacks him with the shovel because mm-hmm. she managed to escape earlier on. Mm-hmm. Jesse grabs the machine gun, and now there's a gunfight, and police arrive. Credo and Miller escape in their respective vehicles. Credo in his truck, Miller in his Merc. But Miller doesn't get anywhere. No. Please stop him. But Credo escapes. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're in the desert. Yes. Why are we yes. in the desert all of a sudden? <laughs> it's, it's LA. The desert's right there. Does he live right on the edge, does he? Oh, he lives on the edge, okay. He's, <laughs> oh, he's Chris Lloyd and he's on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Jesse finally remembers that he's got a bike, gets back on it. Mm-hmm. Norman won't release control. Jesse tells him, either let him get Corrido or he'll hand the bike over to the police. Norman mm-hmm. relents, and Jesse chases Corrido in his truck. See, so th- here we've seen that you can't turn the bike on yourself. That's right. It's, it's, it's a good safety function, especially yeah. with him on top of it. Now as they're speeding around the streets, we encounter a truck with fallen crates blocking the road. Well, as I say, we're not, we're not in the streets. We're in the desert. And there's people unloading crates of... Isn't it a mountain pass? Like, it's got hills and stuff. And Yeah, but there's no buildings around. So where, where are they taking these crates? Oh, I assumed they'd, they'd um, 
you know, sl- sl- sideswiped and they'd fallen off and over the road. Is it more lettuce? I didn't. I, I didn't think they decided to block the whole road and just empty the boxes to build a wall <laughs> of crates. Just in case somebody needs to come crashing through. Yeah. <laughs> so the police can get free. Mm-hmm. So now it's just Corrido and Street Talk. We get a malfunction, don't we? We get a malfunction and the screens go dark on Norman. Lots of red squiggles all over the bike. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. They, they, they do some weird effect <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it looks like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, and so we have a chase. And for some reason, Carino drives through a sign. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not sure why he does that, but he does. <laughs> um, they face off against each other. And when Jesse opens his visor, Credo realizes who it is. Mm-hmm. Jesse Mach, he says. <laughs> and Credo chases him towards the gorge. Towards and a what? The bike is going to go. Towards a what? A gorge. A gorge. A gorge. Yeah, that's what, that's what we call them. What do you call them? A big, big cliff? I don't know. <laughs> I know what a gorge isn't, is. I do know what a gorge it, is. Isn't Big Cliff just your last boyfriend? <laughs> no, that was his last boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just an odd choice of word but carry on we, we, well it's, it's an american expression oh, get used to it affected <laughs> well wait wait don't they have that they have that place in the uk cheddar gorge cheddar, cheddar gorge <laughs> yeah look it up that's what it's called is it cheese no it's true <sighs> you'll tie in that one in post won't you <laughs> i'll just might delete the whole thing might delete the whole gorge conversation <laughs> It is, the whole conversation is one big gorge. <laughs> a gaping gorge. So, Corrido chases him towards the chasm. Good, well done. <laughs> and just as the bike's going to go over, what does Jesse do? <sighs> no, he doesn't sigh. Now that's what I was doing. He engages the vertical lift and the earth floils. It's as good an explanation as any. He engages the vertical lift and the earth foils and the bike backflips over the truck and lands behind it and Corrido flies over the cliff edge and explodes on the ground and is dead. It's, um... It, can I, how can you describe this special effect? Um, impressive. Impressive. Realistic. Realistic. Beautiful. If you, well, you could use those words. Again, we're, going back to what we were talking about, acting choices, you using those words would be a choice. It's not necessarily the correct choice, but it's a choice. Okay. It's not the words I would use. Back at a press conference the next day, journalists are asking about Street Talk. Altabello says, that's the last we'll ever see of Street Talk. Yeah. And he was close, but not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the pilot. Now, for the next two episodes, we're not going to go through them in detail. We're just going to summarize the storyline and just talk mm-hmm. about what happens Anything interesting that happens in them and what we thought of them. Um, so the next episode we actually watched was the second episode. And it's called The Second Self. Jesse investigates a gang of car thieves. During a chase, one of the criminals is killed. The brother of the dead guy blames Street Talk for his death and so hires a hitman to take revenge by trapping Jesse. However, the hitman turns out to be an old pal of Jesse's. And this guest stars George Clooney. Uh, it's Wow. I mean, what can you say about George Clooney's acting in this episode? Um, fun. <laughs> we should also point out that there were two other people that were tipped to be Jesse Mack in yes. Street Hog. One of them was Clooney, wasn't he? And the other was Don Johnson. And that's the second time Don Johnson's name has popped up as, as someone that almost got a part in something, isn't yeah. it? We've yeah. talked about it. 
He was almost Starbuck. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky both times. <laughs> I'm lucky with this one. Can you so. imagine Don Johnson in this though? Well, I mean, at least at least he, he, he'd have a better actor, arguably. It'll change the tone though, because he's not. I mean, he's, I always think of him as a pretty serious mm, actor. Mm-hmm. You know, serious character. I think he'd have played him slightly more gritty, wouldn't he? And then George Clooney on the other hand would have gone the other way. Yes, he'd have been lots of shaky head, which he does in this episode. And smiling, because he, he and smiles smiling. all the time. I thought he was completely out of it in this episode. He's, he's behaving very, very strangely through the whole thing. It's a very well, odd episode. When he's supposed to be... When he's in tense scenes and, and there's there's things going on that should be exciting, he's just breezing through it with a big smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe he should have been in Tango and Cash. Yes, it is. It's that exact same tone. Like, nothing... There's no stakes, nothing matters. I'm right. just having for, fun. You know? For the first time, though, we get the great music and the real opening credits. And the opening credits are really good. Mm-hmm. Like, they make the show exciting. They're very striking. They're yeah. almost, uh, I would say, probably better opening credits than Knight Rider. Oh, I yes, totally agree. And the mm-hmm. music's better, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see Jean Wilson, or Jeannie Wilson, I don't know how they pronounce it. And she takes over as the PR lady. Mm-hmm. With a different name. From... Because they felt, didn't they feel that the, the original um, character, the, the, the actress playing her, was too young? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Although the producer, Burton Amos, thinks this one is too old. <laughs> Some it's people like... are never happy, are they? Yeah, right? <laughs> so this episode, I find this, this middle bit really strange when we get a whole montage of... Because George Clooney's playing Kevin Stagg, who is Jesse's friend... Mm-hmm. And we got a whole section with them at the fairground. Yes, and they're like they're like playing fairground games. They're playing um, hockey at one point. Dodgers, uh, yeah. Yeah, and they're winning cuddly toys. And Norman's just watching them both with this look on his face. Like he's the jealous guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but did you hear the song that's playing? Yes, it's, oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? The song has sings about romances, doing it right the first time, and the chorus is "Jump on it, baby." <laughs> What's going on here? There's obviously some subtext going on. I don't know, and they're wearing the shortest of shorts I've ever seen. Oh, yes, yes. With, with, uh, pink, with pink Je- shirts. It's Je- weird. Jesse's uh, clothes are uh, quite something, really, aren't they? And then there is that line that Kevin gives Jesse at the end of it. He says, I'll convert you yet. That Yes, yes, he does, doesn't he? So what, what are we talking here? Is, is, is he on the cusp, do you think? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get a ending with Desperado from the Eagles played. That's true. <laughs> I bet that cost a fortune. <laughs> yeah, don't we also get some Bruce Springsteen at some point as yeah, well? Yeah, I bet the, I bet the music one? budget for this was more than what the bike cost to build. <laughs> <laughs> and there were numerous bikes too. There were quite a few. Yes, it's not the same bike all the time, is it? No, they kept falling apart. They kept breaking them all the time. What a surprise. Yeah. You should have been using that hyperthrust as much. That's what it was. That's what it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just... Uh, I don't know about that episode. It's not my favourite. It's just bizarre. It's, it's, it is bizarre. And, and as I say, Clooney is just so odd in it. Right. And his death scene's terrible. <laughs> it's, sorry, it's the worst act. I'm glad he, he really upped his game in the, in the years between this and now, didn't he? Because... Yeah, much better in Batman and Robin. Well, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. That's it's... how bad he is in this episode. He's better. This in must Batman be pretty Robin. like one of his earliest things. It must have been right after what is he? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. He was in. Yeah, he does. Look, he looks exactly. He's got that mullet haircut, yeah. hasn't he? He had back then. Yeah. 
So the next episode we watched was Follow the Yellow Gold Road, which is actually the last episode, although they didn't know that at the time because the show was cancelled. <laughs> um, in this episode, Jesse tackles a gang of neighborhood vigilantes who injure security guard during the robbery of a large quantity of gold. Meanwhile, Norman has trouble with the phone lines, which knocks out Street Talk's computer controls. Mm-hmm. Did you see who one of the uh, very brief guest stars was in this episode? Uh, who was it? Patrick Swayze's brother. Oh, I thought I recognized it, but I was like, wait, that can't be who I think it is. Yeah, he looks exactly like Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he His does. Don, Don Swayze. Don mm-hmm. Swayze. Okay. And this episode is written by Burton Amos, who's also the producer of the show. And he's a producer that Universal used to use in the 80s when a show was failing. They would bring him in. So he actually <laughs> came from, I think he came from Erwolf on this. And then after this, he went to Knight Rider. But he's also a producer on the second season of Star Trek The Next Generation. So that's what he used to do. Was, was he renowned for, um, you know, getting shows out of trouble? Is that what he was there for? Or was he there to kill it? I don't know, because in his interview, he seems to come across as the guy that was there to get shows out of trouble. But every show he's in is already in trouble and dies. And then he moves on to the next one. So... It mm. seems like he, it's it's a job that you can't really win. So so he's kind of like Christopher Lloyd's hitman. Yes. From the pilot episode. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Except, I guess, Next Generation, because he left and the show carried on. Yeah, uh, he didn't do a good job on that one, did he? No, no. Mm. So um, this episode, the one thing that made me laugh at the beginning is when they shoot the guard, there's no, the guard doesn't move, there's no reaction, there's nothing, there's no blood or anything. Well, this whole thing's really, really silly because they're, they're breaking into the federal gold repository, aren't they? Which seems to consist of one room and an office with one guard. Right, right. You know, it, it feels uh, like a show that's done at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, but there is a good line because Jesse's always arguing Norman about what he wants to do. And Norman says, if I wanted a majority decision, I would have built a boss. <laughs> oh, that was a good line. Yeah, that's one, that's one of the few. <laughs> um, the vigilante group appears, appears to want to clean up the neighborhood, but only at night. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do it during the day? Yeah, true, true. Yeah. We get stock footage of cop cars that actually don't match the ones in the show. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they're from 20 years earlier. Yeah, what a shocker. Yeah. Nobody shoots at Jesse. They always shoot at the bike or the floor. And we've got this weird B-plot with um, the phone company having cut them off or something. Yeah, that's right. So none of the computers work. Mm-hmm. And the, But there's a f- line where Jesse says to Norman, I'm watching a man with a computer withdrawal, which is kind of precedent for what happens now. When, people, when, when the internet goes down now, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the internet's down. What am I going to do? Your world's collapsed because yeah. you, can't get it, you can't go on Facebook. Which yeah. would have been weird in 85, but... Is normal now. So, yeah. I don't know. There's some nice little action scenes, I guess, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you anything to say about that episode? Not particularly. Oh, I just other, other, other than the fact that, as I say, I think I think it was a show that was done at this point. I mean, the, the, it, and it, it was a boring episode. I th- I, right. I, I, yeah, I thought we should do the last one, even though it isn't. A real last episode, though. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always a good indicator of, of, of why something was being cancelled, I think, as to where they end up. You know? Yeah, that's true. You could that's see true. it in that last episode that we did of Night Rider, where it, it just looked like a show that was winding down. Right. You know, the stock footage was getting more and more. You know, the the the, the actors at this point. I mean, apart from the guy that played Norman, even in this last episode, I think everybody else looked like they 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 had already left. 
So, what do you think of Street Arc? So, actually, <laughs> what do you think of these shows in general, these what they call hardware shows? I mean, they're very 80s. They don't seem to make them anymore. No. Um, I, I do have ones that I like. Like Night Night Rider, you used to like, right? I did used to like Night. I mean, we didn't we didn't include it in our list of, right. in, in the end. But um, at the time, I liked Night Rider. Erwolf was another one that I quite liked. But there were so many of them. I mean, there was, there was things like um, Auto Man. Is now is that a? I guess that's a hardware show. Mm-hmm. I guess that is. is that no, it's a, about a, a sentient computer, isn't it? That too. Yeah, to, and you can farm vehicles mm-hmm. somehow. There's just so many of them. Yeah, and I, at first I was going through them and I thought, oh, they've never done one on a boat. But I think they did in the 90s called Thunder in Paradise. Yes, yes, I remember Hulk that Hogan, doesn't he have a boat that's got gadgets on it? Mm-hmm, that's right, yeah. yeah. I can see why, going back to what you said earlier, I can see why the 10-year-old me would have loved this. Yeah. Because, and I probably was quite bored in between when the bike wasn't on screen, I would have right. thought. But probably the bike on its own was enough to get me through it and make me feel like I was enjoying it at the time. Right. I was surprised how much merchandise there was for this show, considering there's only 13 episodes. Absolutely. I mean, recently I managed to pick up a, 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 an annual from 1986. Right. And in the UK, they did four novels. Yes, yes. Because as you say, you're reading it now, aren't you? The, the part... I'm reading yeah. the first one. And I think yeah. you had it back in the day as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they 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 commissioned all the merchandise when they, they they really thought it was going to be a hit. Yeah, I guess so. There's a lot of toys too. Yeah, yeah. You've got to say though, haven't you? That I mean, it is it is a Knight Rider clone, and I, I can imagine Glenn A. Larson being very confused that someone was actually ripping him off. For <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why didn't we think of a bike? We could have yeah. spinned it off from Knight Rider. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, some of the action's quite good, but it's got so many other problems. Chief of which is the actors, the ter- were mostly terrible. Yeah, there's no personality from Jesse no. Mack. Re- Rex Smith's awful. Yeah. He looks perpetually confused all the time, probably because as an actor he was. Right. Plots are basic. Characters are basic. I can't see where the show would have gone in the long term. I can't see what they would have done with it if yeah, it had it- continued. It doesn't have the backstory that something like Airwolf has, because Airwolf had all that Vietnam material mm-hmm. they, they could play with, and also the CIA material, and mm-hmm. the, you know the fact that he was hiding the helicopter from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Knight Rider had, I guess, the background of him being an ex-cop and not mm-hmm. knowing his identity, and then they also had, of course, the cat talks, so you had all that. And he was a night rider. He was going around helping people all over the country. That's Whereas true, Street yes. Heart would have been set in this one city all the time. So you'd have to be constantly be coming up with stories that are just in this one place of him solving, yeah, foiling crimes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so you're very limited. Mm-hmm. So um, what are your thoughts then? I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I do that every time. <laughs> like, it's not very good. Mm. Oh, let's be honest, it's completely rubbish. It really is. It's a terrible mm. show. But there's just something about it that I really like. I don't know whether it's still the 10-year-old me that enjoys the the music and the bike, but I can sit down and watch this show again and again and again. And I don't know why. Oh. I can't explain it. Yeah, I can't explain that either. And I, I just enjoy it. 
I mean, it's rubbish. It really is. So you'd say yes, would you? Oh, I'm torn because it, it is the hit list a hit based on how we feel about something or how good we think it is? Because there's a difference between the two. I think it's a combination of both, isn't it? Because I know there are films that are rubbish that I like. And yeah, I know well, there yeah. are films that are good that I don't like. It's not the same thing. I think it's about how we feel. I don't think I don't we're necessarily saying we should include something on the list because we think it's the greatest thing ever made. Well, you know what then? Screw it. It's a hit. <laughs> well, for me, it's a miss. <laughs> ah, you wanker. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you, so you, how can you not enjoy this? How, how can I not enjoy it? Yeah. <sighs> I told him. It's, it's just... a bike that goes 300 miles per hour. What oh, more do you need? More of that would have been <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and less of the other stuff. All right. Really. Yeah. I get you. So, so you don't like the bits where... Um, the drama or the acting bits. No, between... because it's not interesting. None okay. of it was interesting. Right. And and there wasn't enough there to keep me interested in between the all the bike stuff. And I mean, the fact that we had to wait 20 minutes or so in the pilot to see the bike actually yeah, do anything. That is ridiculous. Mm. They even, if you think about all the other shows, well, I guess Night Rider you don't see much at the beginning. They wrap that thing up in 10 minutes. Airwolf, yeah. they do the test run, so you see that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And and you're tuning in for the bike. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you don't get enough of the bike. Ah. So no. I can see your point. You're wrong, but I can see your <laughs> point. <laughs> but you wanted a disagreement. We've got one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for the excellent and fantastic show Street Art that we both liked. <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, snip. <laughs> you got to cut me out. You cut out. The... It's just going to be you on your own. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll just find that something where you talked about how you enjoyed it, and I'll just copy that into this episode. I thought maybe you'd just do a voice. Oh no, no, no! I'll do it professionally. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Silly me. <laughs> so next episode, we're going to take a look at Toby Hooper's Life Force. Again from 1985. What are we, stuck in 85? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that was just a weird coincidence. Well, there was a lot lot of quality, you know, to to mine from... Yes, there was. I agree. Street Arc, Life Force. (laughs) I don't know about Life Force. (laughs) I was going to say, no spoilers. (laughs) I don't know. I can't remember it. All right, thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to suggest a film or TV show or send some naughty swear words to Paul, then you can email us at retrospection at email.com. You can also find us at Retrospecky on Twitter. And we're also hanging around Facebook occasionally. Thank you for listening. Bye. I've got to go and empty my suit. Bye. <laughs> I better back in the day Before CGI led the way Two men will take a journey All the way to the past They'll battle through the ages And maybe a drink or two It's better back in the day